you get these guys that like the rock band is their pre-kid life. It doesn't have to be like that. Because then like doing the old Facebook bands breaking up post, five years later they realize like, you know, we really didn't have to do this. We could have kept going. Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning and the point of it all so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. There is so much to understand about what it means to have a career as an independent artist. And when you add children to the mix, it can become a little more complex. To help keep you creating, we're excited to bring you this 10-part series, focusing particularly on being a parent in the music industry. This project is made possible with support from the Music in Africa Foundation, the German Federal Foreign Office, Siemens Stiftung and Goethe Institute. As a musician and a parent, I know firsthand some of the challenges faced, and so these conversations have been really eye-opening. And remember to go to shotguntory.com for bonus behind-the-scenes content from today's episode, as well as to explore the other conversations in this series. Shane Durrant is a musician, a songwriter, creative director, and a dad. And he is also in a band called Desmond and the Tutus. And he's in studio with us on this great new series on parents in the music industry. Hi. Hi, and thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Oh, I'm so thank glad you came. And congratulations on the series. This is such a nice idea and such a nice conversation. Eh? It's quite exciting, yeah. It feels like there's a lot of us, you know. There's a lot of, like, parents that have just become parents in the middle of their kind of music career. I mean, we're going to dive straight in. You are so right, except it feels to me like what happens so often, and maybe more as a woman I speak here, is that the minute a woman becomes a parent, they're almost no longer a musician. And you just don't see them on the scene anymore. That is unfortunately probably true, you know. It might not only be music, you know, except that it's sadder in music. You know, it's, like not, it's not sad if we lose another lawyer or something, but it's sad if we lose a musician. It is sad. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, okay, we've cool. tackled the most important thing on as far as I'm concerned, right? We can finish the interview here. <laughs> But music, what drew you here? Why did you start making music? It's such a weird one because when I was a kid, I had an interest in music and I was always like downloading free loops to the computer as a teenager trying to make beats and stuff like that. And in fact, in high school, I was like, I guess I might as well just tell everyone I was a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like for a long time, I, I was like making beats and rapping and recording rap songs and stuff. And I did that all through high school and I... That was like super fun. But then when I left school, I started just listening to different music. You know, there's like a transition that happens between like who you are in high school and who you are when you're not in high school. You like become kind of a different person, even though you think you're going to be that person forever <laughs> when you're 18. So I just started listening to all sorts of music. And at the time, there was like just something cool happening in rock music. You know, rock music was going from like Limp Bizkit and Papa Roach to the White Stripes and the Strokes and bands like that and like I guess 
when I started discovering rock music, I discovered like all these kind of exciting bands that were kind of more rock bands than Limp Bizkit ever was, in my opinion. So I got super into that stuff. And then I just started getting obsessed with like being in a band like this, you know. My brother, Craig, and Douglas, our guitarist from Desmond, we kind of, I got them as obsessed with me about this idea. And we kind of just started just trying to be what we wanted to be. Like from the beginning, we were just like, cool, like, <laughs> let's do this, guys. Like, why, why not? And so we wrote a bunch of songs, recorded them. From the kind of the very beginning, like we really loved it, you know. It was super, super fun. And then, of course, when people start listening to this stuff and liking it, it like activates a whole different part of music or making music. So that like you get addicted to that feeling. I guess like a lot of punk bands that we kind of started as a joke. <laughs> you know, you started as like kind of a half joke, you know, yeah. it's like. And I remember thinking to myself, like one day we we're playing at Tings and Times with Fuzzy Gish. And Fuzzy Gish had been around for like eight years or something at this point. I remember thinking to myself, like, jeez, eight years. Like, I don't have eight years in me. Like, jeez, if I'm still here in eight years, guys, something's seriously wrong. And here we are, like, 15 years later. We haven't slowed down. It's been, like, the most insane roller coaster, like, trying to make it. It's just the best thing I've done with my time. I mean, it, it's just insane that it's still going to me, but. 15 years. I mean, that's amazing. What are some highlights of your career in those 15 years? There's so many, and there's like, and they kind of change as you, the longer you're around, like, different stuff is, is important to you. Like, from right in the beginning, it was really awesome when you start getting a sense that, like, it's working, right? So you start getting a sense that, like, this is like resonating with people, you know? And then, and I remember, like, the first few shows we did where it, like, starts as small as the shows are, like, you start getting a sense that, like, strangers that don't know me personally like non-friends are coming out to see us when that realization hits you like hey we're doing something cool here and people are into it that's a like a landmark kind of thing that clicks in your mind then as you go on like there is stuff like playing festivals and stuff like that but none of them no, no single gigs like stands out you know but like little moments kind of more stick with me like like one of the most interesting things that has happened with us, I think, has been like cultural exchange program we've formed with <laughs> informal cultural exchange we've formed with a record label in Japan. And the way that started was like through MySpace. <laughs> so like wow. we just put all our stuff on MySpace and people like message you out of the blue and go, we've got a lot of good stuff come out of MySpace, like way more good stuff came out of MySpace for us than like Facebook or Twitter. Or any of this, you know? Yeah. And I think it was just like a pure space for music and fans. But anyway, so this Japanese label, like, he contacts us through MySpace. We got a little thing going, and we went over there, and he released our album, and he got a bunch of Japanese artists to, like, remix our songs. We arrived in Osaka, like, the first day of our first ever tour there. We were, like, walking around a mall or something, but it's, it's not like a mall here. It's, like, insane people everywhere we're in like a clothing shop and two japanese girls come up to us and nobody can speak english is the other thing about J japan that makes it so weird but they come up to us and show us their phone open up itunes and like here's our album okay and this is like our first day in japan after meeting this dude on myspace it's like what exactly are you like walking into here you know <laughs> but from that like 
we've been to Japan a bunch of times. We've like introduced other like South African friends to that scene, and the guys have come here. That's re- been really special. We won a Sama for best rock album. I think it was every time you like nominated for an award, you tell yourself like, if we win, that'll be cool. But if not, like, hey, <laughs> we're not into this stuff anyway. But like, and there was always our attitude towards this kind of stuff. And then like we won a Sama, and, and immediately it became like super meaningful to me. <laughs> and it just felt cool to be like serious rock guys are on that. Like we're not a serious rock guy band, you know. So you got like Gareth Wilson on the judging panel, and he's like kind of serious rock guy. You know? Yeah. But it was like meaningful to me. I finally just after all these years, I was like, okay, cool. Like these guys get it. So now here you are having this career in music. I mean, we all use the term career quite loosely. That is generous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you have kids. So did you decide it was time to have kids? No, it was a decision. Like, Angela and I have been married for long enough without kids. It was probably, like, the f- timing felt right. I should probably also say, like, I was never, like, a totally unhinged, crazy rock band guy. I didn't, like, have to get sober and, like, clean up my act or anything, you know. I was, I've been kind of, I've had a pretty normal life. I haven't, like, totally gone off the rails at any point. So, like, it didn't feel like I'm ready to have kids. I guess in my mind I thought, hey, at some point I will have kids. I mean, do you feel like having kids has impacted your career at all? Maybe. If I'm totally honest, I think there are things that I'm, like, more hesitant to do now. Like, I, in the past, maybe I would have, like, longer touring things, more comfortable doing, and now, like, I'm bleak about it, you know? Like, that thing of going up and down the coast for three weeks in December, like, that I'm not super into yeah. anymore. So there's that, but that's, like, a really tiny thing. It doesn't stop me from doing any of the stuff that I love about being in a band and making music and... I mean, a huge credit to my wife, Angie, because she gets it. You know, she like super down and she knows like it's cool. Like what we get to do is awesome. Like I can't sugarcoat it. It's not a grind. It's like the best shit, you know? Yeah. And it's not going to last forever. Like it's lasted for 15 years, but that's not that long. You get these guys that like the rock band is like their pre kid life yes it doesn't have to be like that doing the old facebook bands breaking up post five years later they realize like you know we really didn't have to do this <laughs> we could have kept going you gave us this thing you love yeah you're doing it with the right intention but you might not have had to have done it you know yeah it's like figure your life out a little bit so i don't like regret having kids if that's what you really trying to find out <laughs> No, no part of it. I I suppose maybe also because, and I'm hypothesizing here, if you were the primary caregiver, perhaps it would be different. 100%. I mean, it could have been so much more complicated, for example, if Angie was in music. Okay, so how do we figure that out? Also would have been, no question, like for Angie to just go away for a week at a time. It's like way more not that she loves our kids more than I love our kids, but it's just like mom stuff yeah. happens, you know. That's not lost on me, you know. Like, I think that it is easier for men by a long shot to keep going. I can't see how that gets easier or gets different or gets better, you know. 
You know, mums always like all types of mums, not only music mums. They when they have kids, like the kids become it. You know, often they will like give up the career, whatever, music or law, whatever it is. Those are like the two jobs <laughs> I can think of. <laughs> Which one are you? <laughs> Um, I think my dad thinks I should have chosen differently. (laughs) So, like, moms, they dive in Mm. to motherhood. And, of course, it's, like, hardwired to do that. But, like, I mean, how often do you hear, like, moms of teenagers, like, resenting that a little bit, a little bit, going, I gave up my career, and now you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that, yeah. You know, um... It's probably only a little bit true and just, <laughs> and mostly just emotional and in the moment. But I'm speaking like way out of turn here, but like, you know, you don't have to give up everything when you have kids. Cause I think people realize that, but they realize it when they have given everything up. But yeah, it's one thing to say that is a whole nother thing to put it into practice, right? A hundred percent. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm actually doing this is talking to moms and dads and just trying to find a way. Like, how do we do it? How do we get to keep our careers, particularly as moms, keep our careers and have kids? How do you get to have both? Yeah, I mean, it's also worth saying that lots of moms don't give up their jobs, Mm. you know. That is a whole different kind of choice, though. You know, if you're, like, very career-oriented, you don't have to give up your job. You you can do it, but that comes with different types of sacrifice also. So you've got to kind of find that balance, I think, that works for you. And if you're thinking about it, it's probably a good sign, you know, because there's some, like, degree of self-care that comes into play. And I think that is important. So, got your kids for a moment. Where are you in your parenting journey? How old are your kids? Okay, I've got Nina. She's seven. She's done grade one this year. And Rex, who is four. And he is in his first year of nursery school. It's quite a cool age. Like, they're in quite a good phase. They've got personalities. They love each other, which is super sweet. You know, they, like, chat and hang out. And, of course, they fight like total maniacs. But you have those brief moments where it's perfect, and that is beautiful. It's cool. Like, it's a great age. They're three years apart, two and a half years apart. Which is kind of cool. Mm. Nina's got like proper big sister energy, you know, and Rex has got like total chaotic little brother energy. Quite a good vibe. And do you think you being a musician and having a career in music has impacted them at all, positively or negatively? I don't know her at this point. Like, I, I think that they've had some cool experiences as a result of it, you know, so like, come on stage with dad in a big festival or something. It's like a really freaky thing to do. And it's kind of a cool thing. Man, but I don't know if it's like sunk in yet. You know, I think that in a few years time, when Nina's a bit older, you know, people get into like her dad's cringy old band type of thing. And then that starts getting, when she starts like feeling the need to like insult my band, my life work, you know, (laughs) as a way of like asserting her personality that's going to be difficult and I think it's inevitable but for now they dig it they love their dad's songs and they love the other guys in the band <laughs> yeah it's just it's cool you know um, 
their friends, like the parents will say, like, oh, so-and-so found out that, like, Rex's dad is a rock star. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go with it. I don't feel like that, but let's go with it, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. I think actually this age is like, they dig it now. I'm aware that it's not always going to be the case. It's weird to think, like, when you've got, like, these perfect, beautiful little children that adore you, when are they going to think that something you did was lame? And they're just going to say it to you nonstop. <laughs> we try to live in the present moment. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Do you think that having kids has changed your fans' perception of you? Maybe. I guess the nice thing about a band is that we are like sheltered by the image of, of the group. As a musician, like I don't really exist outside of Desmond, mm. you know. So I'm not really like a personality, yeah. like, apart from the guy from the band, you know. So like, there's way people are less attached to me as a person than they might be to a solo artist or someone whose identity is their name and surname. Yeah, you know, or themselves, or like a character they've created or something. For me, like my identity as a musician is next to my friends in a little group under like a wacky name in that sense like maybe not i don't think so you know it, what's interesting at shows is like you see younger people are still coming to like rock and roll shows you know and they wouldn't come if i was had this like really public wholesome dad persona and i transitioned from rock guy to dad guy and stuff like then people i think would think that this is weird. You know? <laughs> this, this is like, he's old, you know. <laughs> but actually, like I say, like the, our character, we exist as a group and that a group has a dynamic and a personality that isn't really impacted by kids or anything really, because we get to define it more so than if I was Shane, singer, songwriter, pop star. <laughs> pop star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are some of the challenges you face on a day-to-day basis, balancing kids and career? And I know that you obviously have other things besides music that you do, but do you have any challenges that come up balancing things? Not more than most people, you know, with the career and kids. So I have a full-time job now again after years of like working for myself, and that is in itself a bit of an adjustment going from being an entrepreneur or whatever you want to call it uh, to just freelancing consulting to like bona fide nine to five vibes like that's an adjustment kids family life aside like that has been an adjustment for sure but yeah i mean the kids get it they very quickly understand like our parents need to work (laughs) i mean we are lucky in that Angie's still very flexible in how she works and she's, I don't know how she does it, but she's got the balancing act right of doing quite a lot of work that she enjoys with doing the extramurals and stuff with the kids. So yeah, it, it's a balancing act, but I don't think it's more of a balancing act because I'm in a band. Yeah. You know, it's like we've all got tons of stuff to do. Like we've all got work stuff and family stuff and fun stuff and friends that we want to see and that and. <laughs> just got to figure it out. Huh? Totally. And so, I mean, I can see that Ange is obviously a, a large part of your support system as a dad. Yeah. What about if you want to go together on tour? Would you ever bring the kids with? Would that be your modus operandi? Or is there someone you'd ever leave them with? How does that feel? 
living in Joburg, like we didn't grow up in, well, I didn't grow up in Joburg, Angie did. You're surrounded by people whose like entire family is in Joburg, you know, like both sets of grandparents are in Joburg. And these people, let me tell you, are living their absolute <laughs> best lives, you know. Kids go to the grandparents for any length of time. The <laughs> grandparents pick the kids up from school if you need them to. We unfortunately don't have that. You know, my folks are in Harties, which isn't far, but it's not like they can pick the kids up from school yeah. twice a week. And Angie's folks are in Zim, so that's also not really on the cards. Angie's parents do come up and down quite a bit, so they are around for long periods of time, but we don't have the luxury of drop the kids off for a weekend. So, although, I mean, we do make an effort to do that kind of thing, you know. So, like, actually, Hearties for a weekend or a long weekend, we have dropped the kids off in Hearties, and they love it. It's, like, the best thing for them. Go to, they call them Nana and DB. Go yeah. to Nana and DB's house. It's, like, holiday. You know? Yeah. And you forget that, you know. You think it's, like, oh, shame. they got to be away from mom and dad. They love it, you know. <laughs> We do some of that. We also, we're very lucky to have a full-time nanny. Mm. She she brings a lot to the table, which helps us a lot. Because, I mean, I think that what helps Angie do her balancing act of career and family is the fact that she's almost got someone assisting her in all the stuff that's involved in, in the family side of things and the household side of things. So that that helps a lot. And as the kids get older, you know, they make friends. And actually that also becomes like a part of your, your support system when the kid can go home with a friend after school and stay there till five. We're getting into that scene now and that, that's quite good. You know? Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Then you get into the other thing where the kid just goes home with a friend from school on Friday and then goes back to school on Monday with the same oh friend. You just <laughs> I mean, I think you're still a little bit away from that. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know of any support for parents in our industry? No. I can't even imagine what that would look like, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that is just such a... You hear about, like, corporates having a daycare and stuff mm. like that. What would you say we need? I mean, that was going to be my question to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot you interviewing me. I'm sorry. I mean, interestingly enough, in Canada, they have a new thing that they're implementing, they're trying out is at festivals having a daycare for the musicians and the people working as kids. Wow. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, the family-friendly festivals are really cool. Yeah. Like, when you go to and then, like, the f- little families come out and the kids wear their headphones and watch yeah. the bands. It's really sweet. I have actually been to a few events where they have, like, a child minders and a little, like, playground set up and stuff. Yeah. But never, never had like a four day festival. That's one side of it, but I don't know if that's really what you're after. That's not helping your career, really. That's like a one off event. I can't imagine if Angie and I were both musicians, without a doubt, she would have probably of her own accord gone like, okay, my time in the music industry is drawing to a close because yeah. I've decided to have children. And she probably would have made peace with it. But man, isn't that Please. tragic? Yeah. yeah. It's like you kind of fall back on your own family and either you're lucky and you've got access to people or you're not. And I mean, if you think of the expense of kids, the minute they start going to school, 
then you need to start packing in the gigs. You, know? <laughs> you, you, need, you need to be away from them more than ever. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I don't know what better ways the industry can support parents, but it feels like it's important to have musicians who are out in the world making music that is also influenced somehow by their journeys in parenting. Not writing songs about having kids, but yeah. being role models, you know? Here's another way of looking at it. It's like if we had support for the arts, that meant that you as Shotgun Tori can be away from your kids for a weekend, but in that weekend you sell enough tickets and you have enough financial support from a grant or whatever the case is, that those two or three shows you do on that weekend sustain you for a month. Okay, so that that is like more realistic, right? Yeah. Because now you're going, okay, well, I don't have to do like 15 shows a month to get to where I need to be money-wise. You know, you get to say, okay, cool, I'm a mom. So, yeah, less gigs, get it. That makes sense. It's a journey, it's a path. That's what I've chosen. Yeah. You're supported by arts and culture, whoever it is, in other ways it does make the impact of having to give up shows like not as severe. Totally. I mean, that sounds dreamy. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that the Japanese guys like coming over here. I mean, it's so easy for them. You know, they want to come to South Africa. They make an application. Are we going to go play music in South Africa? The government goes like, cool. How much do you need? How many of you are going? How many bands? Go. Wow. It's valuable. Like, there's value in that for culture and for music and for people that enjoy music and for people that want to continue making music. This is like an investment. Totally. So it's, it's out there. Maybe we can also make it happen here. Maybe. Yeah. Or we just move to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'd count. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Do you think that having kids has influenced your creative process? Yeah, I think so. If I compare like how we write songs now to how we used to write songs, super different. And it's also got to do with how we have, maybe how our tastes in music has evolved over the years. But I mean, the first 20 songs, whatever we wrote, you jam them out and you play them and you like play them live for six months before you even think about recording them. And you really have the luxury of time to feel things out. Now to make an album, it's like you, you've got ideas and then you kind of record them quite quickly. Yeah. We don't really have the time to like road test stuff the way we, we used to. And I think that boils down to like having limited amount of free time. Yeah. In my case, like day job, band, kids, like that is the trifecta of <laughs> time consuming things. Like you prioritize, cool. I can do the band, but I can't like, spend two weeks on the road just having fun, mm. you know. Yeah. I can have, like, three days on the road having fun. <laughs> and then, again, like, I can't spend three weeks in studio figuring songs out. Like, you know, you got to, like, work a lot quicker. So in that respect, I think it has, but not in a way that I resent. I more just see it as, cool, this is how we write songs now, you know. Yeah. What about you? So much, partly because of time, if I'm looking at it from that angle. But also, my children resent my music because it takes me away. Uh-huh. When Mili was little, she didn't want me to play at all. And now she thinks it's fantastic. That's and I can't play without her coming into the room and interrupting. <laughs> okay. And 
playing like, next to me or Felix is now uh, at the age where he doesn't want me to play so he comes into the room if I start puts his hands uh, over my guitar and won't let me play so I've had to really make it as something that I do in the hours that they're asleep yeah. or when they're at school that's changed things a fair whack yeah. but also I feel like I've started to write music that's more fun you know, yeah. like I feel like I play more fun music for them. Yeah. And so I'm not going to say I like pop music. I'm not yeah. going to say that. No, don't say it. But, <laughs> but we know what you're saying. But we know what I'm not saying. <laughs> I like things with, you know, a little bit more joy than I used to. And I think part of that is about having kids for me. That is really cool. And <laughs> I think it's true. The moments that define parenting are these like brief moments of, of like intense joy. Yeah, exactly. You know, that punctuate just like the absolute chaos of the actual <laughs> experience. When you're like talking to your friends and whatever about the kids, like those are the moments <laughs> you focus on are the moments of joy. So that checks out, you know, it does make sense. It's like in your music, you would celebrate the joyful stuff of this time of your life. A part of me wonders if, and I don't attribute this to kids, I attribute this to life and what happens after you have kids and the other aspects of life, is I think sometimes you're just in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you don't write about the stuff that you're dealing with. It just goes quiet. That part mm. of you just goes quiet. And so you write what you can write. And mm. then when you're ready and it feels safe again, I think that stuff bubbles to the surface and then you sure. can start that is quite profound you know because you try to <laughs> like i've kind of grappled with this question before it's like should i change like should my what we do as a band change and should like the kind of music we make change and it's cool to have these thoughts but like unless you are a pop artist writing very pointed specific songs <laughs> it's like a very specific goal yeah you can think about whatever you want to think like the whatever you end up making is going to be what it is you know and that's definitely the case for us i still write songs about all the same junk that i've been talking all these years i mean it's like i have written two songs about the kids oh that's your limit you're not allowed running anymore i know but two kids two songs i'm out <laughs> <laughs> but they don't read as like oh this one's that's kind of bleak when a doodle writes <laughs> about it. And it just never works. I mean, <laughs> never. Well, I can think of one really good example is Luden Wainwright, the song Daughter. Have you heard that? God, I love him. That, that song will just Annihilate end you. your day. Yeah, uh -huh. it's, ins it's just an insane. Oh, I can actually think of another song. Ben Folds, Gracie. No, I have that. not heard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful. Brandy Carlisle, have you heard her song Mother? Mm -mm. Also about her daughter. Beautiful. Okay, so I take it back. That was some really good <laughs> examples of, of songs about your kids. <laughs> I mean, there's some shockers too, right? No, no, some proper shockers. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, you feel obliged sometimes to write a song about yeah. the kid. It's like... It's kind of a big deal I've had a kid. That should manifest another big thing in my life, which is music. Yeah. You should question that decision sometimes, you know, <laughs> if it really, really needs to. It's a very fine line, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. So do you have a favorite artist, local artist at the moment, or someone that you would say people should listen out for? 
Whenever I'm asked this question, my mind immediately goes <laughs> to the same person who is Bongaziwe Mabandla. Oh. Like I just, like I just cannot imagine that enough people have heard of this guy. As successful as he is becoming, yeah, I just can't stop telling people about this dude. You know, it's like I just think he's really great. The first time I saw him play was at Wolves Cafe. Yeah. Now, for anyone who's listening. This Shane here in front of me is the genius behind Wolves. Okay. And the whole center of the folk scene here in Johannesburg, 10 years ago, you were saying just now, and we didn't have a folk scene before you, but on your stages, I played alongside Bongazima Mabandla and he has exploded. Like he's all over the world. We had him on the show uh, some episodes ago, but he came to Joburg to do a show and this ticket sold out in 10 minutes. Goodness me. I know. So I'm glad you mentioned him because yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. I tell everyone about him. Yeah. <laughs> I just really dig his stuff. And do you have any advice for independent artists, either planning to have kids or not, just general advice for indie artists maybe with a slant towards having kids? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um... I guess there's, those are two kind of two questions. It's like, yeah. So to independent artists, I think good luck out there. It's tough, you know. It's like, but nothing that I say to dissuade you will work because you are drawn to this thing that we we do, and for good reason. It's incredible. It's really fun and it's rewarding. And like I said earlier, like you get addicted to certain things about performing, and so. Whatever you're thinking of doing, you should definitely do. But you knew that already, you were going to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only real piece of advice that I think a lot of people do give, but it's worth repeating, is that like, try to get your business affairs in check quite early on because it can spiral out of control, you know, and like if you don't have your royalty stuff in check, you just never really manage to wrangle it properly, you know. So learn about that stuff, figure it out, set it up get into the routine of doing the stuff you need to do and then you're in better shape to keep going for longer and then the other side of the question is around parenting and music i would say it's kind of a similar thing because you're probably not gonna if you're thinking of having kids you're not gonna like not have kids you know because maybe you'll have to give up playing a few shows it's more just general parenting advice which is You might think you're ready, but you're definitely not ready. The thing about parenting is like, before you become a parent, you've got to think you're ready. I mean, you're not ready, but you've got to to lie to yourself (laughs) to say, I'm ready for this. You could never be ready. (laughs) No. But you've got to think you're ready. So if you think you're ready, then that's probably a good sign. I mean, you're not ready. But if you think you're ready, then cool, go for it. (laughs) Like anybody that has kids, it topples your entire world. Like the fact that you've got gigs and stuff is almost irrelevant because... You're going to deal with shuffling stuff for a long time. This is part of it. Now, how can people follow you and your music and hear what you're doing? Social media handles. Probably our business one is Instagram, mm-hmm. Desmond and Tutus, Facebook. Oh, we got it all. But we don't have TikTok. I mean, we're not quite on your level with TikTok. Yet. <laughs> with my zombie TikTok account. Yeah, yeah. No, because after you gave me that tip about now we've got to get a bunch of followers before we post anything, I mean, that's completely just... Yeah, I know. I mean, Twitter, I mean, we're on everything, but we're not super active on any of it, really, you know. 
but if there's a show, it'll be on one of them. Yeah. 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 Thank you for coming to chat. Thank it's you for having me. And thank so you for lovely. starting this conversation because we need to like talk to each other about this stuff, I think. I mean, I think about that in, uh, about parenting in general is that so often, especially when the kids are so young, I think to myself, why did no one tell me it was this hard? Yeah. Because no one does. And nobody's having that conversation. I don't know. They don't want to show that it's a, a really hard thing to do to have kids and to be a functioning adult and partner. I'll tell you what it is. Tell you me. forget. Like, the, you've got two kids. Yeah. You forgot. You had a second one. Like you for- <laughs> That's true. And the reason you had a second one was to be like, and other people forget too. You just like, you pull out these brief moments of joy. That defines the experience yeah. when you look back on it. But in the moment. <laughs> oh, well, good luck to all of us. And thank you for coming. Thanks I really for having me. It. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. This episode was made possible by the Music in Africa Foundation, the German Federal Foreign Office, Siemens Stifting, and Goethe Institute. The Music in Africa Foundation is a pan-African non-profit organization based in Johannesburg, South Africa, with satellite offices in East, West, and Central Africa. Their mission is to support the African music sector through promoting knowledge exchange and creating opportunities and capacity for music professionals. I'm Shotgun Tori, and if you're an indie artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others, get in touch. I'd love to chat. You can find me on my website at shotguntori.com. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. Ladybug, I'm gonna find you. Ladybug, I'm gonna keep you. Ladybug, don't fly away from me. I'm sorry, Ladybug. Don't mean to be a pest. I'm searching high love. I love you the best. All the in the garden They either stink or sting You're the only bug in the garden That makes me want to sing Ladybug I'm gonna find you Ladybug I'm gonna keep you Ladybug Don't fly away from me Thank you.